Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, so this is big. Today, the United States Supreme Court has struck down the federal law in the U.S. that bans gambling on sports betting. Obviously, uh, Nevada remains the exception. Uh, but New Jersey had challenged this law. And, and, I mean, the basis of this case, and, I mean, it's very specific to the U.S., obviously, but it's the Tenth Amendment, which deals with federalism and states' rights. So the ruling doesn't automatically make sports betting legal everywhere in the U.S., but it allows states that, if they so choose, to make it legal. So a lot of states are very eager to allow gambling on sporting events, to allow sports betting. So where does that leave Canada? This is going to become more mainstream in the U.S. Does it make it easier for Canadians to make these wagers? And does that provide an impetus for regulators in Canada to say, well, let's get ahead of this and, and let's bring this above board in Canada and let's keep that money within our borders? Now, joining us to talk a bit more about the lay of the land in this country and the impact of what's going on south of the border, very pleased to welcome to the program Paul Burns, president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Paul, thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having me. Now, where where are we at in Canada? There was an attempt to legalize single-event sports betting, uh, but what happened with that? There was. There's actually been a couple attempts over the years. Um, the uh, bill that got the furthest was Bill C-290 that was introduced um, in 2011. It was passed by the House of Commons uh, with unanimous consent. It then spent three and a half years sitting in the Senate where they refused to vote on it. Um, and subsequent to in the most recent parliament, um, the bill was reintroduced again at the beginning of the parliament, but the government uh, would not permit it to go forward to committee at that point. So we were no further ahead. So fortunately, we, while we've had legal sports wagering in Canada for over 30 years through sports lottery product, the product that Canadians seem to want, single event wagering, is still beyond our grasp. Right, and, and we shouldn't be so naive as to think that that prohibition prevents Canadians from, from wagering on sporting events. It's, it's just happening beyond our control and beyond our borders. It is, and it's an enormous amount of money. When the, through the sports lottery products in Canada, it's roughly $500 million a year. Through offshore online sports books, it's over $4 billion. Through mm-hmm. illegal bookmaking operations, often run by organized crime, it's closer to $10 billion. So we know where the consumers want to put their money. Right. So even for that reason, if people have moral objections to, to sports betting, is, is, does it make more sense, though, to have it above board where it can be taxed, it can be regulated, and we can have a better sense of whether there are people who are, are struggling with some of these issues? Well, it is, and for a number of reasons. We've had um, previous attempts at the bill uh, to, to amend the criminal code in Canada have had support from business, labor, um, responsible gaming experts, um, 
law enforcement. And it really comes that that in and organizations like the IOC, um, Soccer Canada was a big supporter of the last uh, initiative because first and foremost, uh, a regulated sports betting market also helps protect athletes because um, there's people watching. There's an interest in making sure the games are fair and that that no one's cheating. And that's not only for the sportsbook operators, it's also definitely more importantly for the athletes. So all of it brings to bear a lot of eyes to what's going on. And that's we've seen examples in Europe, Australia, other parts of the world that have had and continue to improve their sports wagering marketplaces. As regulated sports betting brings uh, a whole level of new protection um, that we don't currently have in North America. Uh, they will soon in the United States, and I think it's important that um, that all these organizations in sporting world say yes. Uh, more eyes and helping protect the integrity of our sport is important, and uh, and for us, there's a huge economic opportunity. We see billions of dollars leaving the country, and gaming in Canada. One of its great byproducts is it helps fund government programs, and it pays for the public good, and. We don't see any of the economic development benefits. We don't see any of the economic benefits for government. So that's another very good reason to uh, make this change. Well, and yeah, you mentioned the the leagues, and I know there was some concern raised by the NHL in particular, and, and some of the other uh, pro sports leagues when when Canada was considering this. I mean, you look at the reaction to the the ruling of the U.S. today; they they seem as though they're they're softening their opposition to all of this. Why have the leagues been so opposed in the past to making this change? Um, I think the biggest reason was uh, is the um, wanting to actually benefit financially from the exercise. Um, it's clear that they see it as their product, but they were also quite eager to run to embrace the daily fantasy business, which in my mind is gambling, um, and sign partnership agreements with them, promote them in arenas, because they look for fan engagement, and they recognize that this is what keeps fans engaged. It's one of the big offerings that make sure that people have got eyeballs on their screens watching their games. And but I think that they've they've also recognized that that standing in defiance is not going to work because technology is passing them by the world and their fans and a lot of cases even their owners are already in the space. So I think you've for the leagues they've now figured out that maybe there's another way and that is working cooperatively and and hopefully they will because they um, they have an interest in actually making sure and helping combat illegal wagering by ensuring that this is offered in a fair and reasonable manner. And so there's lots of benefits for them beyond financial reasons to embrace this. Um, the, the hard part will be is is uh, the NBA has looked at a an onerous one percent on gross wagering tax in Pennsylvania and places other states like that. And that's that's only going to serve to ensure that it doesn't get offered in those states and that the illegal markets continue to flourish. Well, yeah, and I guess it remains to be seen how many states want to embrace this, but suffice to say there's going to be a lot more of it in, in the U.S. going forward. Yeah. Well, what's your sense of the best way to, to administer this? Is this something that should be primarily confined to existing casinos? Should we allow it at separate venues? Should this be online? How should this work? Well, I think you're going to see this product being online. Um, I think that 
and, and I can tell you, I can, so when I started with the association, we started bringing this issue forward eight years ago. It was about a casino product. Well, the online world has evolved greatly, and I see it, and that's where sports fans are consuming their their uh, their their information. They're placing their bets in Canada through the offshore online sports, through even those jurisdictions in Canada that have sports lottery have seen an uptick in a little bit in their business, even through the offerings online and sports lottery products. Uh, it is going to be, a, I think, a widespread offer product. I think that uh, different jurisdictions, of course, will make different decisions, and that's uh, and that's what's happened. That's the gaming business in Canada. The provinces have always had the right and purview to decide what they want to offer in their jurisdictions. Yeah. Well, I guess nothing's going to change in Canada until the federal government makes that change, right? And we hope they see it that way because you know they're it's a product enjoyed by millions of Canadians who now spend billions of dollars illegally to obtain it. And so we're anxious to see that they, uh, as they have done with marijuana, recognize that this is another product where the laws have, have not quite kept pace with time. Right. Well, uh, more at CanadianGaming.ca. Paul, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Take care. Paul Burns, President and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. So saying, look, I mean, we need to, to stay on top of this. If the Americans open the door to more sports wagering, that's just more money from Canada that's that's going to go to the United States. I mean, already, I mean, as he said, he talked about some of the numbers, how much Canadians are wagering. That's offshore or that's with the illegal outfits. And so we're losing out. We're, we're losing out on that revenue. So there's there's tax revenue. There's an argument in favor of that. And there's an opportunity as well to to better track all of this. And for people who are having issues with with gambling, to be able to use that revenue to provide more supports to them. At the moment, we just decided we're just going to contract this out to all these offshore and illegal betting sites and pretend as though our prohibition means anything. So why do we continue to prohibit this? It's especially hypocritical when we allow games like Sports Select. Sure, you can wager on sports. You just need to wager on more than one event. Well, now we're kind of splitting hairs here. So why not allow for that? So I, I think we should. And hopefully now if, if the U.S. starts going in this direction, and I, I don't think there's no way. I mean, there's no way that the Americans are not going in this direction now. Not every state's going to follow suit. But at least one research firm estimates that as many as 32 states will be offering sports betting within five years. So I think that's going to be a bit of a wake-up call to us here. 403 974 whether you have concerns about this, by the way, there is the issue that's been raised about match fixing. And that's certainly something we're going to have to watch against. I think that's already an issue now, given the billions of dollars that's uh, being wagered on sporting events and much of that underground. By bringing it above board and having it regulated, does that make the whole issue of match fixing less likely? Or is it something we have to, to brace for? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.